Welcome to Off The Bench with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews, the show that covers all things NRL. Yeah, sorry to disappoint you. No, Jason Matthews here. He's away on holidays. Is he actually alive? He's uh, he's on a beach in Bali mm. and he has been for a week and a half. Mm. Um, so I'm not even sure if he booked any accommodation, what he did, Sats. He's just over there mm. in Bali. This uh, is his second week over there, isn't Second it? week. He's over there three. for three. Yes. I mean, uh, I love Bali. I've only been to Bali once, but I don't think I could spend three weeks there. Oh, uh, lots could of people you? could, yes. Yeah? Yeah, I certainly could. Not right in the Not heart. on the mainland. Not in Cuda, yeah. I can tell you that. Mm. Uh, yeah, so Gary Belcher filling in for Jason Matthews, along with the great man Scotty Sattler. How are you, Sats? Oh, I'm really well. Really excited, of course. I always am this time of year. AFL Grand Final, oh. I always get excited about that. It doesn't matter who's playing the it. AFL Grand Final. I just love everything about it. I love that it's played in the daytime. I think I would love to get back to playing NRL Grand Finals in the daytime, even if it was a 4.30 kickoff and there's still a little bit of daylight. I'd love to see that. I don't think it's going to happen in our lifetimes, Badge, but uh, in saying that, it's a huge weekend. The Prime Minister's 13 playing on Sunday at Suncorp, yes. men's and women's as well. So, yeah, plenty going on. And in uh, rugby as well. Second Bledisloe. Second Bledisloe. Uh, lots and lots happening. We're going we're gonna to catch up with um, Spud. Mark Spud Carroll uh, works for our... Uh, our network. Always and gets emotional, doesn't he? Have a chat, yeah. Have a mm. chat with him about many things to do with rugby league, and also going to bring up uh, that um, that really moving interview with Mario Fennick on mm. Channel Seven uh, on on Sunday night. We'll have a chat with him about that. Benny Elias is going to revisit some memories of the nineteen ninety Kangaroo Tour with us. Uh, but so, so let's have a let's have a look back at what happened this week. Time on off the bench to look back on the news of the week. Like you said that. Okay, um, now some big selection dramas, uh, it seems, from the outside for the upcoming Rugby League World Cup. Uh, Joseph Suali'i, young star for the Roosters, has declared Sats he will play for Toa Samoa, mm. uh, which I kind of didn't see coming. I expect young players that, uh, well, in the past, if they've had a choice, uh, they would certainly put their hand up for the Kangaroos. I think um, the success of Tonga, in the – was that the last World Cup? Tonga in the last World Cup. And the couple Very of games good, that yeah, played against Australia. Yeah. And we had a lot of players that um, the pledge of allegiance to, to, to Tonga, which was outstanding. We can remember those scenes, the, the red flags and jerseys. Um, and I think there is now teams like Samoa, countries like Samoa, that want to try and get that same feeling they were, they of were, getting passionate they were back poor. in their jersey. Oh, they've been poor a couple of, they were, they a were couple of and, World Cups now. And But with their best players, they yeah. could be an absolute powerhouse. Absolutely. Absolutely they can. Now, yeah, you are right. This did come out of left field, Joseph Suali'i, who looked like, well, definitely being in Mal Meninga's uh, Kangaroos squad. And many probably thought he wouldn't be in this position at the start of the year. We knew that he's always going to be a great player, potentially a great player. But this early in his career at 18, we didn't think he'd probably be being discussed as a possible kangaroo. Uh, he's been outstanding as an outside backer. But we've been seeing a lot more of this in the probably the last quarter of the season where players of you know, jo, uh, Jerome Luai and um, Brian Toto, all these players that are, that are pledging their allegiance for the World Cup. And I've got to say, I love it for the, for the world game. It also annoys me a little bit. I know. We, we, I think yeah. we've been spoiled in the past, but we don't want to go back to the bad old days of, of, of it just being uh, Australia first mm. and then New Zealand and England fighting it out. At times, New Zealand topping Australia. In fact, they are the world champions at the moment. England being up there, and that's it. Then France 
way off the pace. Papua New Guinea fighting and fighting yep. to try to get there. But up, after that, there was sort of nothing. But the, the emergence of, of, of Tonga uh, and Samoa and even, you know, the Cook Islands, I think all of this is great for the, uh, for the international game. And that's the one area that rugby league can really improve on. And, and just... the one area that we lag a long way behind, Union. Yeah, I, I, I just don't like badge. I don't like that the NRL has allowed it to get it to this point, or World Rugby, whatever it may be, but World Rugby League, but more the NRL where they're getting players that they think are going to be available for Australia through an Origin series, and then players play Origin and get paid whatever they get paid for Origin. Then after Origin's finished, then they make their decision. Now, I'd like to think as, as part of a criteria, wherever you spend a majority of your life in in Australia as a rugby league player. And registered as a in Australia as a junior player, majority of your junior rugby league that that first and foremost would be the selection criteria. So I'll I'll, I'll use an excuse uh, an example. Jerome Luai, who has played a majority of his rugby league life in Australia, uh, grew up in the western parts of Sydney. So I'd like to think that yes, he can be available for state of origin, and yes, he should be available for Australia. But if he doesn't get picked. Well then, then he can make the second decision to to play for his so, his so effectively heritage. Effectively, then, and I, you know, I think it's a great plan in a way, Sats, but to pick holes in it, effectively, Tonga and Samoa and Cook Islands and these other countries are only going to get the leftovers, and Mal and or whoever's coaching Queensland, the selectors will get the best players possibly, like for example, Young Suwali'i, who is who's going to be an absolute star. And could make the difference in any of those big games, especially as he gets a bit older. But if effectively, if Mal wants him, he gets him. Mm. And I don't think that's great for the future of the if, game. I, I they, don't have a solution for it. If they spent most of their, yeah, but a I, majority of their junior and maybe all of their junior rugby league or rugby union, whatever it may be, playing in Australia. Well, what about those rules? Okay, but not in a World Cup year. In a World Cup year, I love the availability for those players to be able to play for these for their of their nation of heritage. It would have been interesting if this wasn't a World Cup year whether they would have made those decisions. Um, yeah, I, th- I think you're right. If it was a kangaroo tour, yep. Joseph wouldn't I don't think he'd be saying I think he's saying oh, I'll put my hand up I'd love to go away with the kangaroos. Mm. But because he has the opportunity to play for Samoa and and I think as well probably to play fullback in a real minor way might have helped his decision. Mm. I, I don't mind it. I, I know it's a little bit messy uh, because we're also hearing now that Jeremiah Nanai, who had, well, of course, he's playing this weekend, so I don't think we really know exactly where he stands, had heard that he was going to be fine and wanted to play for the Kangaroos after representing Queensland so well, is also considering playing for Samoa. Yep. So, um, and then another blow for the Kangaroos was that Payne Haas ruled himself yeah. out of the tour. Well, but that's a different kettle of fish. Yeah, exactly. His is, well, it's, it's two angles here. It's one is injury. He played the last portion of the season with a bad shoulder slash shoulders, which may require surgery. I'm not quite sure, but also from a, a personal a personal reason as well, a uh, personal perspective. His mother, um, who has found herself in and out of court over the years, um, has been found guilty and convicted as well, which has played pretty heavily on, on pain and and his, uh, his young brother as well, Cleese, who's playing for the Gold Coast Titans. So uh, I can understand that. But mostly I can understand it from an injury point of view as well. I wouldn't want to put myself through it, come back from the World Cup, then possibly get surgery, not start until, you know, round six, round seven. You're behind the eight ball straight away. Yeah, for sure.
Different sort of pressure on uh, South's halfback, Lachlan Ilias, because uh, a few weeks ago he got targeted by Angus Crichton um, and, and got found out a few times. I thought his defence on the uh, last weekend was outstanding. Outstanding, yeah. And if he knows he's going to be, he's going to have big Viliami kick out running at him all night, as a lot of halves or five-eights do, whoever plays on that right side defensively. Um, but we also heard that he he reportedly took unders on his new deal so the club could keep their superstars together, his managers, Braith and Astor, um, and told us on NRL 360 that um, he played this season for a fair bit less than what um, Adam Reynolds, well, a lot less than what Adam Reynolds was asking to stay, but he has signed for less money, a three-year extension and than he could have got. Yeah, and he's probably not in the position to be able to demand big money at the not moment. Yet, no, yeah, not yet, no, not at all. Um, yeah, this is the sacrifices you have to make. And if he is playing in a successful side that, that is in the final four like they are this week, if they go through a grand final and eventually win one, and he's part of that, yeah, it, it's fair to say that his new three-year deal will be upgraded before it comes to the end of that. And, yeah, his, his payday will come. He's, he's in a position that is um, one of the most required positions, of course. And if you've got – if you're in the top four or five halfbacks in the competition, you're – you're going to be signing contracts, you know, upwards of around six fifty and above. So his payday will come, mm. and I, I like that Braith has potentially led him down this pathway as well. Now, now Lachlan, you can leave and you can go and get paid six or seven hundred thousand before you've even played fifty first grade games, and you're going to get a club that's not going to play finals, and you're, got to, you're not going to be around players that are going to make you better, not on the yes. field, but more importantly off the field at training. If you want to do this for the next three years. When you're 26, 27, 28, that's your payday. You'll reap the rewards. And you'll be the main play, main man in the side. Now, the, the Braith's got that ahead of a lot of men, not all managers. There are some former players, but he knows the importance, I think, of playing for successful clubs, mm. having good players around you. And and at the end of your career, you're not sitting back counting your money. Okay, on the flip you're, side you're of that, actually, You're actually, you know, you're so really very proud of what your achievements are, including grand final wins. On the flip side of that, I wonder if Braith is giving – the same advice to Cameron Munster, who he looks after at Melbourne. Well, because Ryan like, Pappenhausen's come out and said, "Listen, I'm, I'd be willing to take less if it means keeping this main." Well, they side are together. offering less, and I, I think Braith did say only a couple of weeks ago. He said, "Look, they're getting a lot closer to um, what we would like, mm. and, and and we believe he's been offered somewhere at one point two or one point three a year from the Dolphins, yeah, and maybe other clubs, but they won't. I don't think they would have." You know, they would be nine hundred or nine fifty. It's going to be. They finally got. They finally got to a seven-figure number. Did they? Yeah, and it's still a little bit under, but, but it's in the right you, ballpark. Well, that's where you say, look, if you take any more, as you've explained to me, Sats, about when you were at uh, at Penrith and some players took a bit less, and two years later, or you like you got a premiership. Yeah, yeah. Which is much more important than the extra fifty grand in the bank that you might have taken but squeezed the players out. So I, I think it's super important if, you, yeah. you, if you're going to be really well rewarded. If you, if you didn't know anything about what other players were getting and someone offered him a million bucks a year, you'd take it every day. Exactly. Week, exactly. You? And I, I don't know whether in Melbourne thinking that Craig Bellamy's not going to coach after 2023, do they feel as though the wheels are going to fall off the Melbourne Storm, even though he's mm. going to be involved at the club because he's not directly the head coach? Is it the beginning of the end of the Melbourne Storm? I don't think it is. They're, I think they're – the characteristics are too strong mm. for that club not to be successful. Now, a big story drifting out of Red Hill in Brisbane is around uh, the a rift, supposedly, between Coach Kevy Walters and General Manager of Football, Benny Iken. Um, this is how 
Uh, James Hooper uh, on NRL 360 sees it. I think the genesis of this beef, Braith, started when Ben Iken was hired without Kevin Walter's knowledge. So Dave Donaghy went and had a round of golf with Ben Iken, offered him the role, mm-hmm. told him that it would be an overarching general manager, director of football, whatever you want to call it, style of a role, and then went Which and the told... need. And that, yeah, absolutely they need. But then... Kevy was frozen out of that. Kevy didn't know until Ben Iken had already been employed. Then when Ben got in there, if you remember last season, he was sitting on the sidelines uh, at games. He looked quite heavily involved in the hands-on running of the team and the day-to-day goings-on. But this season, we haven't seen yeah. Ben Iken anywhere near. So a lot of football general managers. And James Hooper is right. The the reason why Dave Donaghy probably didn't have the discussion with, with Kevy Walters and there should have been better communication between um, CEO and your head coach. But at the time, there was some question marks around whether Kebby was actually going to be the coach moving forward. So I can see it from that point of view. But on the flip side of that, he's still the head coach. He still needs to be involved in a lot of those discussions, especially an important role like the general manager of rugby league and an intelligent general manager of rugby league yes. as well that, that is strategically and tactics-wise very, very good, Benny Ike. And, They've won, a, they've won a premiership together, both these players. Mm. So, you know, it's fair to say both of these guys, and Badge, you touched on it during the week, actually, when we spoke about this, that both of these guys don't have big egos. They'll always put the club first. You're, you're exactly right. So they, they would have the ability to sit down and say, okay, you know what, we need to peel all the layers back. We need to get on the same page here. The head coach doesn't run the rugby league department if he doesn't have the skills. And the general manager doesn't run the entire department as well. But they have to work side by side to, to build a really, a, well, a winning, a yep. winning environment for the sake of the club. Yeah. Well, they're not going to, they're not going to go forward, and they need to improve. It's that time for an off the bench Friday night preview. Yeah, it sure is. This should be an absolute belter of a game in Townsville Cowboys, the fresh Cowboys hosting the Parramatta Eels, Queensland Country Bank Stadium. Scotty Sattler, um, I don't think they've met too often. In finals, uh, 13 years mm. since the Eels' last prelim final. 13 years, that's when Jared Hayne made his big run back in uh, 2009 too. and carried him all the way to the, uh, the the grand final. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting how they handle the, the weight of expectation badge, to be quite honest, um, to getting one game further than what they have in the past. Of course, beaten 8-6 by Penrith and Mackay last year, and they were outstanding in that game, Parramatta. Just fell short and would have taken a lot out of that out of that game, but this year they've again they've rid, they've ridden the roller coaster. They they've been up and down at some stages. They haven't really convinced a lot of people, and then all of a sudden they'll have a big win against good opposition, and and people are all of a sudden the headlines are: Is this the year for the <laughs> Parramatta Eels? Now, thirty six years since they last won yeah. the grand final. After those those amazing six years where they won four of them, eighty one, two, three, and eighty six, but since then it's been very hollow. Uh, the trophy cabinet. So I'll, I'll take you back to round eight. Round eight of this season, Parramatta take a game every year to Darwin. Yes. Stifling humid conditions all year round. They played the Cowboys in Darwin in round eight. Cowboys beat them 35-4 mm-hmm. in those humid conditions. It's going to be much the same in Townsville on Saturday night. Despite the fact it's at night. On, sorry, Friday night. Tonight. Yeah, tonight. Tonight, yeah. Gee, I got my days mixed up. Yeah. <laughs> Despite the fact it's a night game, that does take a bit of the sting out of it. I still know it's going to be warm, but 
It's not like but it's different. you play the old three o'clock Arvo game. It's games different. And... If you've played a majority of your games below the, the Tweed border yep. and all of a sudden you get thrown in an environment like Townsville, even when they were bad Townsville and they used to take you, pack your jeans before you'd pack your boots back in the late 90s and early 2000s, you would still get to the 60-minute mark and the heat would take so much out of you. The humidity at Saturday night would take so much out of you that the Cowboys would find a way back into the game. Let's let's talk about these key matchups. That's Moses, who is um, obviously a very, very important player to the Parramatta Real. But Chad Townsend, in some, like, I know there's been a lot of talk about him, but he still is one of those low-profile players who's never really mentioned as one of the best halves in the competition. He's been outstanding for North Queensland. Well, you've got the scholar versus the point scorer. Haven't you? You've got mm. Chad Townsend, who's like another, he's like another coach, studies the game to the nth degree. And then you've got Mitchell Moses, who enigmatic, um, spontaneous at times, has, can be the best halfback in the, in the Super competition. Quick, skillful. But hasn't been here before. Hasn't been to this, this part of the season before. So uh, great game last week, both he and Dylan Brown. The other matchup I'm really looking forward to is the legend versus the rookie, which is the two number threes, Val Holmes up against young Will Pedersini. Oh, okay. Two Big excitement machines and, and strike centers as well. So, yeah, matchups all over the place. Tamalolo and, uh, and Papali'i mm. in the, well, back row, lock forward position, whatever they play. But, yeah, there's some really, really talented players out there for both sides. You can't split both these sides. With it's the amount difficult. of points and the amount of tries they score each year, um, from the amount of time, the stats around both sides using the ball and, it is a, a line straight below both these sides that you can't split them. Clint Gutherson, the, the Eels captain, is their rock. I mean, he gets it right nearly every time. He catches everything. His support player is great. Everything about him is great. But Scotty Drinkwater, mm. what a star. Should be an amazing game in North Queensland. Sats, who wins? Cowboys. Yeah, I th- I, I'm going for the Cowboys as well. I think it's going to be an incredible game. Can't wait. Let's get to the break. This is Off the Bench NRL. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. Now the last five seconds. Clippy Lions finishes up with the football. The 1996 Grand Final is over. Manly have beaten St George. Yeah. Uh, Spud Carroll is on the line. He was part of that 1996 uh, Manly win in the ARL Grand Final. Spud, uh, bring back some good memories for you, no doubt. Yeah, good afternoon, boys. Uh, unbelievable. As a kid, you dream about, you know, firstly, play, playing first grade. When you start playing first grade, you think, oh, I, just want to, I love it when the comp, but I was lucky enough to, to do that at Manly. We had three cracks at it. Um, I look back now, we probably missed two opportunities, I reckon, as well, 95 and 97, but to say we won one, yeah, some of the greatest players have never played in grand finals, so I'm pretty happy. Do you remember much about the qualifiers? Like this weekend is, uh, we call them grand final qualifiers, other call them preliminary finals. Do you remember much about those games and the um, the intensity and the nervousness around them before, just to make it through to the grand final? Yeah, the main, I think the main, also, main thing also was that um, you worried about getting injuries. Mm. So I know that game against St. George, I got a massive cork um, in the quad and... I was probably lucky to play a little paddle up and everything and just ice and heat and treatment all you know, through the through the week. And back then, you know, mate, we used to work hard on our injuries, but not like they've got now. They've got bloody ice bars after the games. We all had was the esky. That's the close we had. Yeah. And then I, I, just the idea of um, 
the main thing I sort of miss is, um, you know, we always used to play at the Sydney Football Stadium. That was where you played. That's where you went and played the semi-finals, And then hopefully you made the grand final. But I just think, um, you know, I'm still coming to grips with, you know, I know South are playing a, a core, but, you know, the, the Cowboys, you know, I wish it was down here, mate. That's, that's all. Maybe that's just me being a, a New South Wales person. I, was, I just think it should be in Sydney. Now, tactics-wise, Spud, now, can some coaches be guilty of, overcomplicating it when you get to finals and getting too excited and probably think back to the late great Bozo Fulton did he just yeah. simplify things when he came to finals yeah he did um, just know your own job um, don't worry about what he's doing on the wing or what centers are doing just worry about your own job my job was just to lay a platform um, I wasn't allowed to pass the ball you know, Steve Menzies was scoring tries I remember in 95 when we, uh, we had that fantastic defensive unit Mm. Uh, we only lost three games, and one of those was the bloody grand final. And uh, I think Beaver scored uh, 24 tries that year, and I got 180 stitches in my right eye. So I did my job. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> now, uh, reading throughout the week, um, your your advice around how to beat Penrith is try not to beat them with skill. Try not to try not to uh, to do what mm. Penrith do really well is basically just get in their face mm. and dominate them and bash them. Why, what yeah. gives you that assessment when you sit back and watch Penrith? I think it was a blueprint. I've seen, well, I watched the Melbourne Storm when they played out there at Penrith Park and they um, they just picked them through the middle. They just bashed them through the middle. Sure, I'm missing Fisher-Harris and he's a big piece of their jigsaw puzzle, but you've just got to get in their face. It's still or die. If you don't win this game, you're out. Mm. So I'd be coming out line and, and mate, if you've got to give a penalty, same with bloody, like if you take, they're saying you can't have to kick it down, mate, just let him know you're there. Like, whack him once. I guarantee you, he's going to be looking out the side of his eye, especially if you're a kicker. I'm just thinking back to the Manly days. Yeah, we had angles coming left, right, and centre. Sure, you've got blokes who are trying to block, and, and we've seen that, Sats. But um, there is ways of getting to the quarterback. And it's like so much like NFL, I reckon, in some ways, these finals. If you can get if you can get a sack and get that uh, that halfback down, you know, your side goes to good to winning the game. So 25, 26 years later after you won that grand final, Really, nothing's changed with the blokes in the middle just uh, just trying to dominate. Yeah, well, we, we say it each week about, you know, I love so many carries. Um, my, my goal was always to hit 20 carries. And back then, we didn't have the metres. So we just worried about how many hit-ups we did. But now they have metre each. And, you know, if, if your front row is doing 200 carries, you have a look at the uh, the Campbell Gillards and that uh, and Junior Palo. The way he made, the way he played the other week is incredible. He's laid a platform, 20 carries each, 200 metres. And guess what? Your half and five eight get a good ball, but if you're on your back foot, the five eight can't get a decent ball. Same with South. You know, Latrell Mitchell only looks good when they're laying platforms. If if they don't lay the platform, mate, he can't do it on his ear. Mm. Mm. Well, that doesn't explain for me, Spud. I played with you on the nineteen ninety Kangaroo tour. You chip and chasing. Mm. <laughs> Doesn't explain why you did that. <laughs> and I'll just tell a quick story, Spud. Well, well, we were off at halftime. We were playing against the French. Yeah. It was freezing cold. <laughs> Kevin Costner was at the game. It was about minus six degrees. Was he filming it Robin was, Hood? Was it was, he? Yeah, it was yeah. The, yeah, that's right. He was in Carcassonne. It, it was, was the worst, yeah. one of the worst games of rugby league he, he could have ever witnessed. But we came off and the, it was very close. It was like 6-4 or something. And Bozo said... Just yeah. get the ball and stop throwing it around because no one wanted to get tackled. It was freezing. Just hit it up, hit it up, yeah, hit it up. We'll cold. go right through the middle. Yeah. Everyone went, yeah, yeah. They kicked off to yeah. us. Spud got the kickoff, chipped over the top. <laughs> the French got it and almost scored. <laughs> <laughs> we just saved the try. Oh, did the mate. big hook come out then, Spud, or what? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He hooked me. He hooked me straight away. But, uh, um, no. no, well, mate, a lot of people don't understand. I was a 5'8 up until I was 18. Okay? I was a 5'8 <laughs> in Juba, a 5'8 in Golfer. 
the St. Mary's Holes at St. Pat's at Blacktown. And, mate, I've always had that gift of a chip and kick. But when I was young, like, they used to come back and tell not go to someone else. Yeah, tell Bozo that. Oh, oh, that's all that spud eating. All that spud oh, eating. Made another six oh, inches. Oh, that was funny. Are you uh, convinced of any of the games, Spud, whoever wins either of the games will be the will be the Premier? So if, if Penrith beats South or South beat Penrith, do you think the winner comes out of that game the following week? Uh, yeah, what a, yeah, I'd have to say that. Um, I think Penrith, it's just, when can you beat them, mate? Like, seriously, they're, they're fresh. Uh, they've hardly got any injuries. You look at South Sydney, the poor buggers. I know Tom Bird is down there. They've lost... Um, uh, Billy, is that yep. the young, yeah. young kid who uh, he did his calf, I think he did? Mate, he, remind, he reminds me so much of that Brandon, Brandon Smith, you know, the demolition man. He runs so hard, he comes on and can create magic, but uh, they're going to miss him. I think uh, Jairo's a little bit crookly. He's Gary Coyne. Mm. Got, uh, I think uh, um, who, on the wings, he's a little bit, Alex he's a little bit uh, yep. damage control too, I think. Alex Johnson, he hasn't ran this week. <laughs> I, know he I know he's fit, as, but then he's done a hip flex. So, mate, but, but then this time of year, boys... Mate, you're like a pincushion, aren't you? Yep. You take as many needles as you can to get on the footy field. In two weeks' time, guess what? You can kick back and grab a beer and uh, and, and, and take it easy. But, mate, you just got to do everything to get on the field. I'm sure South will do that, and they'll put a fantastic performance. They're up against the odds, but then again, mate, they've got the main person there, and that's that Latrell Mitchell, mate. God, he's a freak. I love watching him play. He's got a smile on his face. Some of the stuff he did last week, like he was getting thrown over the line, over the sideline with four people about to throw him over the fence. He flicks a ball. Where did he pull that ball from? <laughs> yeah, he's talented. He's like a magician. Yeah. Like Gene Miles passes, what I called it. It was amazing. Hey, um, hey Spud, yeah, no doubt a couple of great games, and uh, and then we're heading into a grand final next week. But before we let you go, I just want to ask you uh, your thoughts, your reaction mm. to uh, the Channel 7 story on Mario Fennec the other night. I know as a former yeah. South player as well, you would have had a lot to do with Muzz. Yeah, uh, I must say, boys, it rattled me. Um, I, I was at dinner and my good mate Peter Johnson, uh, the cutter, he called himself the cutter because he used to cut him in half and he was one of the biggest hitters I've come across. Remember, he used to play for Paramount and mm. I played with him at Paris South. South yeah. I think the first instant of that video was that he was, he, he, Mario was a, 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 he was a head high merchant. He used to get you up high. He used to wear those big arm guards and they'd have a bit of plastic in there. That was the good old days, right? We come out swinging arm, and John I used to run straight at him, and he dropped him. And remember, he was on the ground convulsing, and no one likes to see that. But I guarantee you, it rattled me. Um, I had a bit of an emotional day. On Monday, I, I was ringing around. Uh, I spoke to James Graham. I spoke to Ian Roberts. He rung me um, just to say hello. But I, I, we spoke about Mario. But um, I've actually booked in. I'm going to go and get tested. I want to get. I've never had an MRI on my melon. Um, hopefully they can find something, but <laughs> I must say it did uh, it, it, it did a, it did rattle me, man. I tell you, yeah. a lot of times, you know, I got Mario a couple of times. I used to snort. Yeah, you know, back then we could hit him with a shoulder charge. The, the old, the, I never ever head eyed anyone, but I tell you what, I put a lot of people sleep shoulder to the chin, and back then we could get away with it. But now, mate, you can't do it. But you know, I just worry about the people that we did hit all those years ago. Um, we're talking twenty five years ago. But I feel sorry for the ones before that. Like we talk about, you know, Scotty's old man, mate, far out. How tough for those buggers? You know, George Piggins. Then you got the people I used to love walking through, like the Mark Graham's of the world, the Terry Randall's, the Ray Prices. You know, the Jeff Robinsons, mate. I I really feel for them. Well, Spud, you're um, you're well, making sir. a lot of sense, which is great, and you're in your mid fifties. And Mario got diagnosed mm-hmm. at fifty three, so um, yeah, it was it was very confronting, but it was very brave of him as well. And yeah. mate, we do appreciate you giving yeah. us your thoughts on uh, on the finals this week sure, and man. everything else, Spud. Uh, thanks for joining us on Sports Day, mate. Yeah. No, always available, boys. SEN is the best station. But the thing is, if you want me next week, I'm here, boys. You know where I am? 
And my, I'm just looking out at the sign at the front of my gym. It's called Spud Gym. No one's ever come from the streets to say, Spud, I've just heard you on the radio. I don't know what's going on. But the sign says, don't let fear hold you back. Yeah, they're too scared well, to come in and week. confront you. Yeah. That's the problem, He's Spud. Big monster standing at the door, Spud Carroll. You've got to welcome people no, you, and you no, can't you, you scare turn, them away. You turned up, but you turned up, mate. No, I vomited. I'm, I think I'm I vomited nice after it. Vomited. <laughs> I was nice to you, mate. You kept coming back. He told me you made him vomit. <laughs> See you, boys. Enjoy. See ya. This is Off the Bench NRL. We'll be back soon. This is Off the Bench NRL. We'll be back soon. Daly, Laurie Daly, down to Hampson. Daly runs away from Hampson. Daly's still going. Daly unloads for Eddinghausen. This could be it. Right here and now, the Ashes could be gone. Back to Australia. Elias head down, scores. Australia get the try, do they? It's a try. That will be it. That is enough. Australia will hang on to the Ashes. Wow, the 1990 Kangaroos Ooh, tour of England and Europe. That was the official title, wasn't England it? England and France. England and France. Uh, and well, of we, course, did, we did go for a day trip to Spain. You would have. That's I, the only thing. Ibiza? Did you go to Ibiza? No. <laughs> no. I could imagine you and this. Ba- Barcelona. Ba- I could imagine you and our special guest uh, in Barcelona uh, in your Speedos. Actually, what funny – Benny, you there, mate? Benny Elias, the great man. Yeah, sure. <laughs> One of the funny things yes, that happened that when was, we went uh... to Barcelona is we took Gary Jack into buying this super – everyone's buying leather jackets. He bought a super long, like, Inspector Clouseau one that he never wore again. <laughs> yeah. And he hated wasting money, didn't he, Jimmy? Oh, mate. Well, well that was 86. What a feat just watching him putting his hands in his pockets to buy something. That was <laughs> – everyone fell over there. That was the, that was the, uh, <laughs> was. the exciting part of it all. Sats, I'm mine. Over to you and try and get some good stuff out of these boys, some nice juicy stuff. Yeah, well, we had a good interview with with Badger a few months ago, didn't we, about the 1990 Kangaroo Tour and how I still think today that second test at Old Trafford is, I think it's still the greatest game of rugby league I've ever seen. And it was called beautifully by David Morrow that game. It was your first test on that tour, Benny, because many seem to forget that Kara Walters was the the hooker in the first test, wasn't he? Because he made his debut in 1989. Look, you're right, Sats, 100%. It was um, it was back to the war. We lost our first game at Wembley Stadium, and um, the great man Bozo had to make some serious changes. And um, and 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 Kerrod was the, the incumbent hooker up there, and and I, I was fortunate that one of the changes that were made was um, was me replacing Kerrod, and uh, and obviously Sticky and Clicky Lyons also came in into the side, um, which was back to the wall, and and we're down. At Old Trafford, you know, which I'll never forget. Sir Alex Ferguson gave us a, a royal tour of the uh, of the Oval and and what it meant, the history of that great Oval. It was fantastic, and and it was just sort of eerie. And there was a room where you just weren't allowed in. It was only for the players only, and it was remarkable how how important that this um, the hallowed turf out there at Old Trafford was to the um, not only to the to the coach, but also to the ex-players. And it was only the players that were allowed in that room. And even to this day, that I don't believe that player, anyone outside as a player is allowed in that room. Mm. Benny, we, we, um, we went over there in, in 1990. On, we, we both toured in 86. And Kangaroos undefeated, yep. 82, 86. We lost the first test in 1990. You weren't part of that. I was. And, uh, and survived yep. the cut there. Do you remember the pressure that was on us going into that second test to not not to be the first 
Kangaroos side to lose a, a series for, well, almost forever. No, well, the pressure was enormous. Of course it was. I mean, this is this is the um, the kangaroo tour. We've held we've held uh, we've held this trophy for, for God knows how long, and we were going to be the first to be embarrassed to, to lose this over to the English. The English had a very very strong side: Martin Fire, Ellery Hanley, Gary Schofield, Sean Edwards. I mean, they had superstar players back then, and everyone, everyone, and I'm not just not exaggerating this. Everyone in Australia at 2 a.m. in the morning, would stay up and watch the great tests. And we had, we had everything to play for, everything for, for, for that game at Old Trafford. And, and that special moment with that special try, there, there was a miracle try that Ricky Stewart put us in, the, um, you know, put us in a position where we were going to lose, it, lose the game. He was the, he was the, um, he was the culprit and, and, and sort of the, the, you know, the, the man that threw that intercept pass and we turned that around within five minutes and scored that miracle try that got us up at, you know, in, in the last two minutes of that game, which was extraordinary. You would have been watching from uh, behind when Ricky went through and gave the ball to Big Mal as he loomed up on his left-hand side. Benny, can you remember what was going through your head when you were watching them play out that historical try? Mate, I can. I, I, I remember. Mate, I could hardly breathe because I, I really thought that we were going to get beat in this series and it was the end of us. But, mate, these people from the Canberra Raiders just pulled it out of the, out of the bag. I swear to God, they just kept confident and positive to the very, very end. And, and, and as you see or you, as you heard, that, that try was just exceptional. And it went through, I think, about 14, 15 different hands um, to, to score that miracle try. And I recall it clearly, and the ecstasy of, of, of that try was second to none. There was n- probably no other feeling that I've experienced in any sport, any sport, whether it play State of Origin. That moment was just super special. It was special for, for the players, but for all of Australia watching it, you know, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. Not even in those grand final wins, it wasn't even... That. Oh, that's right, sorry. Oh, wow. No. Wow. Mate, you're playing for... There's no ultimate... There's nothing more ultimate than the, than the green and gold, and mm. um, you know you had that crest on your on your left hand side of your of your of your body, and you you you're playing for everybody, not just Queensland versus New South Wales state of origin, none of that. It was for everyone, and and anyone and everyone around the world that had anything to do associated with with uh, with Australia were all part of that victory, and and that's what made it so special. Yeah, Badger's told a good story previously, and listeners, Texas, if you if you haven't heard the story and you want him to tell it again later on, but he told us a story about Canberra had a five minute drill. Yes, and that was five minutes Rick, to go. Ricky talks about that mm. too. Yeah, Tim Sheens is a is a bloody good coach, Benny, and I know you're still associating yeah. your heart where your heart you know your heart is where the Tigers are, and uh, Sheens he had this thing about if we if you could just defend as a group, whether it's the middle players or the right side defence or the left side, if you could defend for five minutes straight, uh, then you would do it. You, you know, you could defend anything. And then as the seasons progressed, he made it into a seven-minute drill. Well, when, when Ricky threw the interstep yeah. pass... Paul Lachlan scored. Yeah, I walked yeah. over to him. I said, mate, there's still enough time here. I said, seven-minute drill. We've still got enough time. And he said, you know, and, and yeah. then, then he just played what was in front of him because that's a bloody long time mm. in a game of footy. You mightn't it's think so, but time. it is. You're right. But but to score it from where we did was just enormous. It was just off our line, ten metres off our line. I can't I can't down the south. It was down the south end of of um, Adult Trafford, yeah. and, and it all started there. And you know he showed he, he showed the ball and and went and made he. It was just remarkable. And 
you know, to, to experience and see that try, there's nothing better. And being part of that try was just out of this world. And it was just, you know, it's something that, you know, I'm looking forward to sort of oozing this, this, um, this great, great moment in our lives. I mean, I was, I was very fortunate to be vice-captain to the great Mal Meninga, who I just adore, you know, idolised as a kid and then played with him and, and then sharing that moment. It's, they, they, you just can't buy that, that type of experience or, or moment. And, and that is probably the greatest thing that you can take away from the game. It's not the, it's not the financial gains that you make year in, year out. It is those moments that you spend, you know, 40 years down the track and you, you can still re- recall it and, and talk about it. That's the special moment. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. A Racing Queensland update. The Queensland Spring Carnival is here. Check out racingqueensland.com.au for more details. Yeah, Chrissy Nelson sitting there at his pianola. I hope we can uh, disturb him for a moment. His pianola. That's the music. Thanks to Racing Queensland, Spring Racing has arrived. Uh, Have you got a moment, mate, uh, away from your lessons? Yeah, yeah. No, the lessons are coming along well, as you can uh, tell by that. I've come a long way in a short space of time. Who knows how far I'll go with that? Well, you could probably be, not uh, much further. You could be the uh, the feature, the half time. Well, no, it's not half time. The uh, between races entertainment at the uh, at the Toowoomba meet on Saturday. Big big meet yeah. on Saturday night with the Wheatwood and everything going on. But I'd love to see you out there with the, doing your Elton John impersonation. <laughs> Well, I'd need a uh, I need a big pair of glasses and uh, a bit of an outfit, and yeah, who knows? That's how about far it. Give yeah, it your right. Babe. That's about it. Then you look yeah, exactly yeah, like you're... him. <laughs> <laughs> and a few different hairstyles along yeah. the way. Yeah, few. different ones. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're right, though. Big day at uh, Toowoomba on Saturday. Starts at uh, just after one in the afternoon, and the last couple will probably be run under lights. But the Toowoomba Cup, the Wheatwood Handicap, the Guineas, and the Pat O'Shea. So the first sighting of the new season. Two-year-olds are the highlight of racing on Saturday, but uh, also meetings at the Gold Coast, uh, Longreach, TAB meeting at Longreach for the Cup. And uh, we have other Cups at non-TAB venues venues in Taroom and Twin Hills. So a big day, mm. uh, a big day, hopefully a profitable one. It's always a tough day at Toowoomba. The locals seem to fare very well. They're, uh, they're more suited to the course. They know the, uh, the ins and outs of that hill up the back of the track there that the uh, visitors may not know so well. So always a factor in that when you're having your bets. And hopefully the uh, the rain, we believe it's going to be clearing by late Friday, early Saturday. Yeah. So all should be good. And what do you got for us, mate, with those bets? All right. We'll go around the world a little bit here, guys. So get your pen and paper ready. Right. We'll go to Toowoomba first. Race two, number eight, is a horse that I think I've tipped for the last time, the last four occasions it's run. But I'm jumping in again. Number eight, Mushy Ali for Tony Gollan. You know what the definition of yeah, insanity is, don't, don't you? <laughs> yeah, doing the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yep. you should, if you look up Mushy yeah, I think it'll be a picture of Mushy Ali in the dictionary if you look up that word, Sats, but, um, <laughs> or a picture of me. Anyway, I think it's got a good chance. Uh, no luck at all last couple of runs. Not a strong race. So race two, number eight, Mushy Ali. The Cup, race seven, number two, Seat of Power, was an amazing doom last time. I don't see this as being any harder. Good gate, softer run. Jimmy Orman on top. I think can win the cup. Race seven, number two, seat of power. Now, let's go around a little bit. Gold Coast Saturday, race two, number four, the general. Very uh, good run. First local start. Uh, 
from the Lemming Stable at the Gold Coast a couple of weeks ago. Mr. Kick ran on really well, race two, number four. And Sunday at the Sunshine Coast, race four, number 12, Party Spirit. One start, nice third at Doom and ran on very well. Uh, this is an easier race. would be much better for that race experience, race four, number 12, Party Spirit. And I'll leave you with one other for Saturday, Rose Hill, race seven, number two, Star Tontes. We did mention how much of a good run this was uh, last time out. So, Star Tontes, Rose 7, number two. Sunday or Saturday, Rose Hill? Saturday. Saturday, Rose Hill. Rose Hill, Star Tontes. Can you Saturday, spell it out for me while I'm two. typing so, this into my... Yeah. No, no, I love the Star Tontes. Great Queensland horse. Yes. Yeah, of course, she won the Tats Tiara going back two starts ago. So, she was very good first up. I think she can she can just about win that race, and she's around 6 or $7. So, good price. That's what we love to hear, and Sats won't back anything under uh, four or five to one. So good on you, Nelson. No, have a great weekend, won't. mate. And uh, and of course, it's going to be a massive uh, uh, part of the spring racing carnival this weekend. Check out racingqueensland.com.au for more details. Before we go on off the bench, what's got us excited across the weekend of sports? What's Scott Scott excited across the weekend? Oh, there's plenty, Badge. Um, of course, got, I can't wait for the AFL Grand Final. The, the Swannies uh, playing against Geelong. I can't wait for that. Um, if you if you watch very little AFL all year, that's this is the one game you have to watch. Yeah, it's compulsory viewing. Exactly, and it'll be massive. And I'm gonna have massive. to watch the start of it, but then I'm I'm I, can't, I don't watch get to watch the the middle and the end because I'm actually calling what the Host Plus Cup Grand Final in Queensland. The Queensland. Queensland and Rugby League. Will you have an eye on it, though? Will you have a, a little screen going? Or well, I don't know. I feel Fox as though I'm cheating go. on the game. I feel as though I'm cheating on Rugby League if I'm watching another code. Yeah. I like to be loyal in that And, in and that you case. might be able to concentrate exactly Because you don't want someone to score and you go, yeah, six points. Yeah, yeah. Great kick, game. buddy. Oh, nah. I mean, great work, buddy, out little there. buddy, good on no, your no, mate. No. mate. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to the uh, watching the start of the AFL Grand Final. I love the... Um, the start of the when they they run out they both line up they face each other the national anthem it's it's great I think the Hooters got the rugby league the Hooter and mm. AFL is one of the highlights at the end of the game but also Bledisloe too at Eden Park which we haven't got a great record at uh, it's been the eighties I think since we won there it should be going there one nil up and the chance yeah. to win the Bledisloe but what I'm looking forward to is um, Roger Tuivasa-Sheck is making his debut in an All Blacks jersey well, we probably shouldn't be. I know. Given we're going for the Wallabies. We've got this. We're supposed to. I think we've got this emotional connection as rugby league people. Yeah. 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 Real talented player mm. and, a, and a hell of a good guy as well. Okay. So that's what what, I, I can't wait for this uh, Rabbitohs Panthers uh, prelim final, grand final qualifier. And gee, they've got some good recent history apart from last year's grand final. They've had, uh, you know, a hell of a lot of really good contests between them. Penrith mostly getting the upper hand, but. Souths are absolutely a big chance. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, if they are limping into this game with a few injuries, but if Alex Johnston's not playing for Souths, I mean... Brings him back to the field a bit. Yeah, way back in the field. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, looking forward to that. Looking forward to uh, to plenty more. So, hey, thanks for joining us on Off the Bench. Thanks, Scotty Sattler. Uh, have a great weekend, one and all, and we will uh, we'll catch you next week.